the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, April the 12th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On April 12, 1861, the Civil War actually began as Confederate forces opened fire on Fort Sumter, South Carolina. Today, in 1945, President Franklin D. Roosevelt died. Warm Springs, Georgia, he was 63 years old. He was succeeded by Vice President Harry Truman. Today, in 1955, the Salk vaccine against polio was introduced. Today, in 1961, a Soviet cosmonaut became the first man to fly in space. He orbited the Earth once before making a safe landing. That was a big deal. I remember where I was. exactly. I was actually driving my car when I first heard about that in Yakima, Washington, and uh, I heard it on the radio. And I couldn't believe that a man had, like, gone around the earth in space. I mean, it was amazing. I was sad that it was a Soviet. I remember that part, too. Today, in 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. was arrested and jailed in Birmingham, Alabama, charged with contempt of court and parading without a permit. During his time behind bars, King wrote his very famous and well-known letter from Birmingham jail. Today, in 1981, former world heavyweight boxing champion. Some of you, if you follow boxing, you, and if you're over 40, you'll remember Joe Lewis. Today, in 1981, Joe Lewis died in Las Vegas, Nevada. He was 66 years old. Today, in 1988, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office issued a patent to Harvard University. The patent was for a genetically engineered mouse. That was the first time a patent was granted for an animal life form. Today in 2015, Hillary Rodham Clinton once again jumped into the presidential politics, announcing in a video that she was running a second time for the White House. That was her lifelong dream. I've heard her say that before. She doesn't. I don't think that she says it now because it reflects her inability to achieve that goal, at least so far. I can't imagine she would run again, but perhaps, you never know. But um, prior to those two losses, she uh, used to talk about, I think it's in one of her books, she used to talk about that was her lifelong goal. In fact, I heard her say one time, it struck me, I don't know why I remember this, I just do, but she was speaking and she said, Bill and I talked and she must have been in the South because she got that Southern accent when she would speak in the South. She said, Bill and I talked it over and we decided that he would run for president first and I would support him. And then after he became president, I would run and he would support me to become president of the United States. I thought that was kind of an odd life's path, but whatever. But it didn't work out so well for her. She has certainly run for president, but she has not achieved that. One year ago today, federal data confirmed that 2021 
had been the deadliest year in U.S. history. It was brought on, of course, by COVID-19, but also by an unprecedented spike in adolescent drug overdoses. Our kids are very problem today. They have a lot of pressure. We live in a world that's unlike the world that you and I probably grew up in if you're over 40. They have a lot of pressure today. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of chaos in our culture, unlike anything I've seen in my lifetime. It's worse today than I've ever seen it. And I know as people get past midlife and so on, they begin to talk like that. I remember my grandmother saying the same thing, but it's different now. It really is bad. Not so much when she was worried about the culture, but it's not good now. A lot of people are worried, and there's a lot of reason to worry unless you have that have that, that rock, that anchor in your life. That's why it's so important, certainly eternally important, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But for the here and now, it's also important. Like 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Or John 14, 1, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. And then the well-known verse in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And then Isaiah, the prophet, he wrote, That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. God is there. God is real, and God cares, and he loves you. He loves each of us. No matter how confused our lives may become, and I'm going to talk about confusion in a life today, but no matter how confused and chaotic our lives may become, God is there. He is always there, and when we reach out to him, call out to him, God hears and answers our prayers. He transforms our life. The Bible says that the power of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you as a believer and in me. I got this note from people who listen to the program. They're in the Seattle area. Hi, Gary. Like you, we're interested in youth. We're both 72 and think God is calling us to do something with orphans and older kids. We enjoy your work. We love you and their names. I would encourage you to act. If God is leading you to do something, um, do it. Because God is calling people, and it's not just young people, teenagers, to do stuff. He's calling all of us to do things. And I mean, there's some things that obviously we probably shouldn't be doing, but I would encourage this couple, they sent a very generous check to the ministry, I would encourage this couple to follow the Lord's leading and and see what doors open for you and do what you believe God would have you to do. I mean, we live in unusual times. I mean, God is using people in different ways. And and I I believe, as I said yesterday, there's there's a move of God 
the spirit of God in this nation. I, I do. It, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of you know supporting evidence of that, but I, in my heart, I I just know that God is moving by His Spirit among the youth for sure, but among some of us who are not youth anymore. I believe God is doing something very special. He loves us. He cares for us. And he cares for those who don't know him, those who are rebelling against him. God loves them. And he can change their lives. No question about it. I want to mention this before we get to what I want to talk about today. Marjorie and I do not drink alcohol. So let me say that right up front. I mean, at all. We just don't drink alcohol. But you probably heard about this uh, this Bud Light beer and this new uh, the Bud Light yeah Bud Light beer is it, uh, this vice president of marketing her name is Alyssa uh, Hindershield I think that's how you pronounce her name her last name she recently made the decision they've just brought her on apparently but she's recently made the decision to hire a biological male Dylan Mulvaney who depicts himself as a woman, as their kind of their brand partner, the spokesperson for this Bud Light beer. So this Hinderschild, she made the move in order to push the company toward a, what she says, more inclusive direction. Now, they're all doing this. All of them are doing this to varying degrees, but they're all doing it. The bigger the corporation, Disney is on their knees now trying to survive. I mean, literally, because they went that direction. Yes, they made some other mistakes, I'm, I'm certain. I mean, I'm not a, you know, analyst. I, I don't know. But I'm sure they made other bad decisions along the way as well. But the point is, one of the bad decisions, and it was a glaring one, and it cost them more than they could have ever imagined, was when they jumped in all in on the transgender movement and said, we're going to do this. It's, we're going to put it in the face of all you Midwesterners and all you Christians out there in the, in the West Coast and the East Coast and everywhere. I mean, you're going you're gonna to bow down to this because they were on their knee worshiping the transgender movement because they thought that was cool and hip and they thought it would get them to the next level and whatever. Well, it didn't. They've lost billions and billions of dollars. Well, so along comes, is it Anheuser-Busch, I think, owns that brand, Bud Light. So anyway, <laughs> this woman, this, this, this very insightful woman that they've hired, uh, she said that she wanted to, the Hindershield, she said she wanted to uh, make the move to bring on this transgender um, person to represent this brand, this particular brand, this Bud Light brand, to push the company toward a more inclusive direction that is less fratty, as in fraternity, less fratty. And uh, yeah, Eisen, uh, Anheuser-Busch is the parent company of, of Bud Light. So the sales numbers are in for the first full selling cycle of this new Bud Light campaign, I guess you'd call it, and uh, it's a disaster. Uh, Fox, a business, put out an article yesterday. They said Bud Light, this is over the last long weekend, 
um, it was like Friday through yesterday, I think, or Friday through Monday, maybe. But anyway, uh, Fox Business News said Bud Light suffered a bloodbath this past weekend. Consumers nationwide revolted against the nation's top-selling beer brand after it stepped recklessly into the culture wars last week with its new spokesperson, transgender TikTok star Dylan Mulvaney, according to bar owners, beer industry experts, and others around the country. Uh, this is Fox uh, Business reporting. It said in Bud Light's effort to be inclusive, they excluded almost everyone else, and it, including their traditional audience. Bud Light maker Anheuser-Busch is headquartered in nearby St. Louis, they said, but even Fitter's Bar, uh, I guess this is a big bar there in that St. Louis area somewhere, they witnessed a catastrophic decrease in sales of the hometown suds among local and uh, loyal and local consumers this week. Bud Light normally outsells Fox Business, I'm quoting, Bud Light normally outsells rival products Miller Lite and Coors 25 to 1 at this one place, this Braintree Brewhouse in Massachusetts. <coughs> Excuse me. And they said um, they reported over the weekend that 80% of Bud Light drinkers ordered something else that this weekend, and they see that continuing. And the owner of this place said, and he said 20% who did order Bud Light, weren't on social media, and they hadn't heard about what they were doing yet. When they heard about it, they said, this is my last Bud Light. I mean, and there's more to it, but you get the, the message. These big corporations, you know, are bowing down to this movement. And they are they are probably a combination of, one, they think there's a, a revenue stream there that doesn't exist. But they also, I think, they feel makes them feel good about themselves. Somebody at the top that's pulling the strings and making, calling the shots in these big companies, and so they they bring in these people who can expedite some of this uh, woke kind of um, marketing and so on, and it's backfiring. It's blowing up in their face because America is getting sick and tired of of this being pushed on us. It is unnatural. It is not certainly not in line with God. It's rebellion in its highest form toward God, the creator. So people, for a number of reasons, people are rejecting this. And in in the context of this, people like President Joe Biden are saying that if you don't bow to the transgender movement, you, you don't have a heart for these kids. You don't care about these kids. Yes, we do. It's Joe Biden that doesn't care for the kids. It's the doctors that are pushing this transgender movement that don't care for the kids. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Transgenderism is kind of portrayed as a kind of an expression of self-discovery or something. I mean, it's it's very it's a weird um, message that they're putting out there today. But the media, political, the media, the business complex, it's all damaging and marring and destructive. In many, many ways, it's irreparable, the transgender cycle. They get these kids, they indoctrinate them at a young age, then the kid starts questioning his own gender because he's led to do that by public education. And then as he's done that, as he begins to do that, he's hustled into a doctor's office. I'm not overstating this. 
he's hustled into a doctor's office somewhere or a counselor's office, and the next thing you know, they've got him on hormones, they've got him taking shots of testosterone, and the kid is on a, a mental, a spiritual, and a physical path to destruction. And they're calling it virtue. And they virtue signal about what they're doing. I want to talk to you about what some of the kids that are coming out of this are saying. It's a very different story. It's ugly. It's destructive. It's pathetic. It breaks your heart. But let's talk about this for a moment, about this new normal of the progressive left. I wrote an article today in our on our website, faithandfreedom.us, and there's several pictures in the article that I, I write. I write it every day, and, and our office publishes it, and it's read by a lot of people, and I'm humbled and grateful for that. And by the way, thank you for your support. We need it. Not going to talk a lot about it today, but we need your support in each area where you, whatever station you're listening to, we we need to support that station and the bill. We get a bill every month, and we pay it on time. And we want to continue to do that. And uh, some of the stations, Portland, for example, KBDQ, we need, if you're listening in southwest Washington or the Oregon area, uh, please stand with us. We need your help there to be able to continue on that station. So each station stands alone in the sense of the support that's there for it. So I know you understand that, and I don't need to explain it. But just to mention it, thank you in advance for standing with us. These are perilous times. I believe that what we're doing needs to be out there, and I know many of you, thousands of you do as well. So thank you for standing with us. But we need help, particularly in these areas. So in advance, thank you for standing with us. Our our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. In June of last year, Pew Research found about 20% of Generation Z is likely to identify, I'm going to read all these numbers once, I won't read them again in letters, but Pew um, Research found that 20% of Generation Z is likely to identify on the LGBTQQIP2SAA spectrum. Boy. LGBTQIA plus identification overall has become much more common in the United States in the past decade, Pew says. Gallup also put out a poll. They found over 5% of Americans from 18 to 30-year-old identify as transgender or non-binary now. Reuters News Service reports that, quote, the number of diagnosis of gender dysphoria of children between the ages of 6 and 17 in the United States has surged over recent years, from 15,172 that were that were known in 2017 to 24,847 in 2020 and 42,167 in 2021. According to the data published by Reuters, they said in 2017 there were 1,905 children in the same age range, 16 to 17, undergoing hormone therapy that spiked to 4,231 in 2021. And again, those are the cases that are known to authorities. Despite questionable data surrounding the so-called practice of gender affirming, Reuters says 
the so-called practice of gender-affirming care, especially for adolescents, the United States is the most permissive country for child sex change operations and gender transition drug treatments of any Western country. That includes all of Europe and everywhere. That's amazing in the fact that America was known in our founding, and for years later, it was known as the only nation in, in, in the history, and it still is the only nation in history that was birthed on an idea, on a belief, in our case, on a Christian belief, Judeo-Christian principles and values. We are now the leading transgender nation in the Western world. That's how far off track we are in this country. And when you see all of these problems that are boiling around this country, I mean immigration, uh, national security, and on and on and on, it goes our defenses. I mean, we don't even know if we could fight a war and win it today. We're so focused on our belly button. We're so focused on whether we're a man or a woman or in transition or I used to be a man, but now, I mean, this is in the military. It's pervasive in the military. We don't know. I don't know. The experts aren't sure. I mean, could we win a war today? I don't know. I pray to God we could. But that's where we are. Doctors who recently spoke to Breitbart News requesting their identities be concealed for fear of backlash. They said there is a perverse monetary incentive, a structure built around pushing transgender drugs and surgeries on kids. The United States sex reassignment surgery market, they say, these doctors, was valued at almost $2 billion, $2 billion in 2021 and is expected to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 11.23% until 2030. This is according to a market report by Grandview Research, and that's what they do is research those kinds of things. And they found $2 billion per year, and it's growing at 11.23%. And they project it will do so until 2023. That's based on you know, the trajectory based on the past couple of years. Our secular progressive culture is led by President Biden and his leftist cohorts. It's created a cultural environment, not only a financial environment and a financial incentive, but that's why these doctors are saying, oh yeah, we want to help these kids. We love kids. Bring them in. We'll give them shots. We'll mutilate their bodies. We'll cut off their penis. We'll make them little boys become a girl. I mean, this is happening. It's happening all the time. And they're making $2 billion a year. And it's going to grow at 11.23%. Keep that in mind. When you hear these people virtue signaling on the news and elsewhere, saying we're helping these children. No, they're not. They're destroying their lives. Some of them know it. Some of them don't care. And some of them are absolutely ignorant. Our president is probably all of the above. I don't know. I don't know what he knows. But our secular progressive culture, I do know this, it is killing these kids. In the article that I wrote on our website today, there's a picture of a girl. You can't see her face, but you see her sitting on the steps of a, perhaps a, a school or something. She's looking down and she's writing help on the sidewalk with a piece of chalk. 
I think that pretty well sums it up as to where we are today. A real, I don't know, it doesn't say who the girl is. It's just the picture. She's writing help between her feet on the sidewalk. A girl named Estelle, she's a woman now. Estella, she said, I was looking for an escape. I was looking for an escape. And the political kind of spiritual aspects of trans ideology, when they're combined with the online community that offers a type of escapism, she said... She said, a lot of times people will say that it's a cult, and in a way that could be applied, but I think a more accurate term is it's a cyber sect. Estella called herself Philip and took testosterone injections over a period of seven plus years after realizing that her emotions and her ills could not be healed by changing her hormonal composition and her physical appearance. Estella was recommended for hormone therapy at the age of 18, by a counselor who identifies as transgender. Her mother at the time was deployed with the U.S. Air Force at the time, and she was living alone or with some caregiver. She's now in early menopause. She's 27 years old, despite having stopped taking testosterone a year ago. Estella views the transgender movement as a pseudo-spiritual belief system. She says it's kind of a modern Gnosticism which includes initiation, rituals, and rules. Pamela Garfield-Jagger is a licensed clinical social worker. She says the trans community has this stupid line. When you become trans, you become your authentic self. It's actually a complete opposite, she said. You're actually becoming someone else. You're actually, in a way, killing off or getting out of touch with your authentic self, and you're not becoming this almost fake identity. She said the reason, I think... It has such parallels to a cult is because it finds the vulnerable people, divides them from the people who really care about them, then provides this kind of faux community that feels really good and feels really loving and feels like you're part of something, but it's not. She said it's superficial and it ends up not being genuine at all. So also, she says, they're sort of policing each other's language. She said this community, this cult of transgenderism, has its own language. She said they can't really be themselves. They call it authentic self, but they're really being this kind of other version, a new version of themselves, or that's what they're reaching for. You can't break the rules. As soon as you break the rules, even just a little bit, you're out. She said describing how former members of the community get death threats and in some cases require security after they publicly speak out about negative experiences in their transition. That's what's going on with these kids. It is absolute deception. Estella says the way the community introduces you to the trans movement is by misrepresentation of how the drugs will affect you. Then later you find out they don't. It didn't happen the way they, they tell you. But by then you are so indoctrinated into the community that you just keep going because that has become your life. That is a cult. I've dealt with cults as a youth pastor many, many times over the years. That is a cult, and that's what this is. It's making money for the medical associations, billions of dollars. At the same time, it's it's bringing these kids into a cult-like environment that gives them a false sense of belonging and being cared for. And somebody is looking out for them. None of that is happening. 
These people, including our president, are killing these kids. They need to back off. They need to get it right. I'm out of time, but thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.